Maybe big data has gotten too big. Whether you're a B2B marketer or a consumer brand, your data needs to be viable, relevant, and accessible so that Starista can help you retain customers, acquire customers, and make it personal. Welcome to the Marketing Stir Podcast by Starista, probably the most entertaining marketing podcast you're going to put in your ear. I'm Vin, the producer here at Starista. The goal of this podcast is to chat with industry leaders and get their take on the current challenges of the market, and we'll have a little fun along the way. In today's episode, AJ and Vincent chat with Brooke Papiri, the Chief of Staff for Marketing and Communications at Lyft. She talks about how new services over the years keeps business interesting for customers and employees. Vincent is extra caffeinated and AJ schedules a haircut. Give it a listen. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Starista's The Marketing Stir. I think my voice is back. It was a little hoarse the last episode, probably rooting for too much football, who knows, or soccer these days. I'm just basically going to my five-year-old soccer games. Do I yell? Maybe, maybe. Should I? Probably not. It's not great to do that, and it's probably ruining his self-esteem. But hey, I'm kidding. I don't do that. What kind of a monster would I be? It is so great to be here, ladies and gentlemen. I am extra caffeinated today. Normally, I have natural energy, but I'm extra caffeinated. Boy, my two-year-old's not sleeping. Daylight savings time. Remember when daylight savings time used to mean when you didn't have kids? It meant like, oh, I get an extra hour at the bar. Not anymore. It means everyone's sleep is awful. So that is not great. But what is great is this podcast and our listeners and our co-hosts and our guests but well, let's talk about Starista for one quick second. That's the only time we talk about Starista. We are a marketing technology company. We own our own business to business data, business to consumer data. We help companies access that data through our email sending platform, our DSP. We do email, display, connected TV, OTT to help you get new customers. Who doesn't need new customers? Email me, vincent at starista.com. That is how confident I am. I just gave all of you my email address and you use it. Not only, not always for the reason I, I say, but it's okay that I, that's on me. I welcome the emails. And ladies and gentlemen, I welcome our co-host. You know him, ladies and gentlemen, I will see him in a few weeks. I didn't book my flight yet. That's a mistake. I just, uh, I have to do that, but it'll be great to see him. Ladies and gentlemen, our co-host, the legend in San Antonio there, Mr. A.J. Gupta. What's going on, A.J.? Hey, Vincent. You'll be excited to hear that I have a haircut planned before your arrival. Nice. You know, yes, but I think you're going to get your haircut like today or tomorrow. I don't arrive for another month, so I'm not that excited. I want a fresher haircut close to my arrival. Yeah, my my... Wife would like it longer. My podcast host would like it shorter. It's like a <laughs> I know. I always, uh, for those of you who listen, avid listeners to the podcast, uh, or, or just people who know me and AJ personally, you know, I, I always, I'm a stickler for haircuts because I go every 10 days. My barber, you know, loves me. My photo's on the wall. He thinks I'm like this huge celebrity uh, because of like this podcast and some other things. He's like, hey, Vincent, he's a big actor. I'm like, I'm not an actor. I'm <laughs> what? I sell data anyway, um, which is my passion, ladies and gentlemen, data. But yeah, so you're going today and I'll see you in exactly one month. 
So no, and you always get like, first of all, you need a new barber, not of the quality, but I feel like you get like four snips and it's like $67. You know, you you can just shave your head off and then you don't have to go back every 10 days. So yeah, no, there's because, that too. No, because it would get long in the sides. I'm actually going tomorrow. I'll have four haircuts before I see you. True story. I will have four haircuts uh, before I see you. I'm getting a haircut on Wednesday because I am going, I'm hosting the Silver Apple Awards for the Marketing Club of New York on November 10th. So that's just so you can tell when we kind of record these yeah. things. Today's November 8th. Go ahead out there. Hopefully you voted. If you didn't vote, don't complain, right? That's what I tell people. Don't complain if you didn't vote. Anyway, but yeah, I uh, had voted this morning, took my little son with me. It's, uh, that's when we're doing this. But yeah, I, I still am happy that you're getting a haircut, AJ. Thank you for thinking of me every time you do it, but excited to be there. Uh, we have our virtual summit, which is December 8th. Also, yours truly is hosting that. We have a lot of amazing guests coming up with for that. So stay tuned, that's virtual. People could join that as our third annual. We get a beautiful turnout and we appreciate that. Also, I appreciate this next guest. I'm so happy we have this guest on because I want her perspective. Uh, you know, she's at a company called Lyft. Heard of that company? Yes. If you haven't, you live under a rock and you need to get out and travel. You need to get out and do something. So call a Lyft. That's, you know, that's a nice little segue into this. We're so happy we have her. And we're glad to share her with our audience here at Starista. Ladies and gentlemen, a warm welcome for the Marketing Stir, Chief of Staff for Marketing and Communications at Lyft, Brooke Papiri. What's going on, Brooke? <laughs> Thank you for that intro. <laughs> of course. I knew you'd see. I, that's why I do it, to make the guest laugh in the beginning. People are like, you are, is, is this... You're like, is he like this all the time? All the time. I was like, you probably get that question. <laughs> I get that a lot. Yeah. AJ, am I like this all the time? What would you answer to that? I I think you are actually a little bit toned down on the podcast. <laughs> I know. Brooke is like, thank goodness uh -oh. I haven't met him yet. Uh, it's a little too much. I know. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Brooke, it is so great to have you here. We got a lot to talk about. We have a lot to talk about. We're so happy to get Lyft's perspective on is marketing. And today, in the last couple of years since we've done this podcast, we're on season three now. And a lot of great news for you. Like, you know, we'll, we'll get into it, but you know, you have a new role. Congratulations. We're so happy to hear about that. And we'll get into your old role and now your new role a little bit. But first of all, like we always like to start out every podcast, you know, tell the people out there about Lyft. I mean, they should know it, right? You would think, but tell us about Lyft and tell us about your current role, kind of some of your responsibilities, what you've been doing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Lyft is a rideshare company. Rideshare, if you are not familiar with it, means that you uh, request a ride through an app on your phone uh, and a driver, a Lyft driver will come and pick you up, uh, take you from where you are to your location, um, a location of your choosing. Uh, we have an option where you can ride, of course, with a friend or family and also have options where you can ride with uh, another stranger. That's called our shared our shared product. So uh, Rideshare has been around for more than a decade, believe it or not, although it still seems kind of new um, and really was a disruptor to the to the uh 
taxi industry primarily, right? Um, in terms of offering a new mode of transportation, um, obviously takes advantage of the technology that we have on smartphones. Uh, so that's Lyft. I mean, Lyft's broader mission, though, I should say, I mean, you you know us for rideshare. Um, what I love about the company, and this hasn't changed since I, I got there seven years ago, is the mission is really all about um, creating the world's best transportation, right? And that's that's what the mission is. We are very focused on transportation, helping people get from point A to point B a little bit easier, a little bit faster, uh, a little bit more efficiently, and if can help also uh, more cost effectively as well. Mm -hmm. So uh, most of our offerings that have branched out from beyond rideshare um, are built around transportation. Uh, we have partners with transit agencies, bikes and scooters. Uh, I can talk a bit more about our, one of our newest divisions, which is our fleet division, and sort of some of the offerings that we're thinking through there. But that's that's Lyft in a nutshell. That's awesome. Yeah, that we'll get to that. I love Lyft. You, you see Lyft, you see, uh, uh, you know, the symbol. What's it like a, like a, almost like a pink? What, what's the what's that color? It's like a it's like a fuchsia pink it's like the logo color you know you feel safe when you see it at least i do i'm happy it's there when it shows up lyft you see it right in the window oftentimes people have it right in the window i live in manhattan i live in new york city and i don't own a car so you know ride share right lift comes in handy it's 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 amazing that's i use it my friends are always shocked They're like you don't have a car i'm like no i don't i don't you know i, I have a lot of access to other things so uh thank you lift so brooke tell us a little bit about we always love this question too we have a lot of people who are you know you know just getting into marketing we have students who listen to this podcast and really thank us for the insights that our guests provide talk to us about how you got into marketing in the first place sure uh probably like many of your guests a bit by accident uh i, <laughs> <laughs> I went to school for economics uh, and came out uh, as a consultant. Um, I, uh, I loved that role, but found that I was looking for sort of an opportunity to do something um, from a volunteer basis, uh, got involved with a foundation, actually my hometown of Walnut Creek, which is in the East Bay, that's in, in East Bay area, Northern California. Uh, and I got involved with the Walnut Creek Library Foundation uh, all around building a new library for the city. So uh, as a result of sort of getting involved and I guess sort of the nature of my personality, I started taking on a lot of the marketing work. So I was doing outreach to sponsors. I was setting up um, the silent auction. I was doing the collateral, just things that I thought of as kind of fun to do. And uh, as I was doing them, I met someone who uh, happened to also be a marketing professional, very senior in her career. And she said, well, you sure seem like you have a knack for this and you really enjoy it. Have you ever thought about trying marketing? So uh, lo and behold, a few months later, sort of felt like, boy, I was hitting the end of my rope on consulting. Uh, she was looking to hire someone at that point. Um, so it was actually sort of a magical transition at the age of you know, 22 to say, okay, I'll, I'll give this a shot. Um, and sure enough, I, you know, I've loved it. Um, so definitely learned how to market on the job. My first job was in healthcare, uh, in marketing, which as it turns out, it's actually very helpful to work in a very regulated industry as a marketer in your first role, because you have to get really good at marketing, uh, because you have so many parameters that you have to follow. Um, so yeah, so I worked in that and that was my first, my first role. And then sort of, you know, grew from there. Brooke, tell us a little bit about, you know, Lyft is obviously a pretty well-known brand, but how are you marketing today? Are there specific channels that work particularly well for you? Gosh, we've 
we have done anything and everything, right? Like we do, um, you know, we do digital, social, we've done out of home, um, everything above below the line that you can think of. Uh, I will say during COVID particularly, uh, we obviously got even more efficient on our digital channels, right? Uh, a lot of what we stopped doing was anything that we were doing in person. Um, again, out of home, right? Buying billboards was less relevant, right? When no one was leaving their homes. Uh, we stopped doing some of like our key partnerships and sponsorships and sort of leaning much more so into digital channels. Uh, a lot of what you can imagine with Lyft, it's a two-sided marketplace, right? So what we're trying to do is reach riders and drivers, um, both those who have not ridden or driven with us before to bring them onto the platform, but then also those who we want to continue to engage with. Um, so a lot of what we use for from an engagement perspective is actually um, our own channels, right? So email, social, we use a lot of in-app notifications, um, really leverage our, our surfaces within the app itself so that we're communicating with folks when they're riding, when they're considering a ride, uh, and, and even when they finish a ride as well. So we have various touch points there. Uh, obviously, contextualizing the experience is always a, an easier way to, to communicate with someone uh, knowing they're already within your app. And Brooke, you've been there about seven years, which is, you know, a rarity these days. So that's awesome. Yes. Uh, and, you know, how have you seen the company change and evolve over the years? Yeah, we've grown up a fair amount, I'd say, <laughs> since I started. Um, we were a few hundred people when I joined seven years ago. Um, we are now um, several thousand, so quite a big leap. Uh, I think, you know, when you grow... 10x, let's say, um, and in some cases, even faster at times. Uh, inevitably, you know, processes have to change, um, reorgs have to happen, you have to start thinking about um, how to do things more efficiently at scale, right, more than anything. Uh, I think one thing that hasn't changed that I think that, you know, keeps me at Lyft is the culture and, and the people. Um, I always say that Lyft has some of this, the the brightest and most brilliant folks I've worked with. Um, and they work with a dedication really to the mission and to the brand um, and, and to their everyday work. Uh, you know, a dedication I haven't seen in other companies uh, and with very low ego. Uh, that breeds a culture that's very, um, you know, there's a spirit of like, let's just get it done. Right? Like uh, we really want to all work together to, to accomplish the broader goal. Um, and I think it makes everyone work really well as a team, kind of regardless of what size we're at. And Brooke, we mentioned this uh, in the beginning I did about you have a new role. So when we first spoke, you were the head of fleet marketing, which you mentioned fleet. And I want to get into that a little bit there because it's not a common title that I've seen before, right? And so, uh, but but now you're the, the chief of staff for marketing and communications. Congrats, by the way, and uh, awesome. And so, talk to us a little bit about you know what the fleet marketing piece was, and then also kind of how you're adjusting to the new role and uh, how your responsibilities have changed. Sure. Uh, yes. In a true um, lift twist, by the time, um, between the time we talked and when we actually <laughs> taped this, <laughs> I have a new role. Uh, that has been a bit of the trajectory, I would say. Uh, one of the reasons why, you know, and how you're able to stay somewhere for seven years, I think I've sort of been able to keep it interesting, right, and, and take on new roles. 
so I guess starting with what I was doing before, um, I was the head of fleet marketing. Uh, fleet is one of the lines of businesses within Lyft. Uh, fleet focuses primarily on fleet, meaning fleet of cars, right? So if we think of a fleet like vehicles. Um, so anything to do with cars, um, both for drivers and for riders. So um, there can be mechanic services um, that come to your door or that um, you can actually be serviced at a, a Lyft location or a partner location. Um, we offer that actually for riders and for drivers. Um, we also offer um, newly offered roadside assistance as a product as well. Um, again, for anyone who's driving a car, could be our drivers themselves, could be a rider who also has a personal vehicle. Um, and then we also do rent vehicles, both to consumers, again, on the riders, the typical, what we call rider side, right? Not an official Lyft driver, but then also to Lyft uh, drivers themselves through a program called Express Drive. Uh, so that's a lot of what the fleet business encompasses. It's also very much an incubator for new businesses that are all around personal vehicles. Um, and how do we support our riders who might ride with us? Like you said, Vince, you ride with us, you know, because you don't have a car. Some people ride with us and they have a car, but they use us in certain cir circumstances. And then they want to use their own vehicle in other circumstances. And one thing we realized, particularly during the pandemic, was we have a whole host of services that we've offered to drivers. How can we start to expand those to offer them to, to just the broader public as well? And I didn't know about the rental piece that, uh, you know, yeah. the fleet, I mean, the, uh, the Lyft rental, that's, that's pretty cool. That's, has that made its way into every city? Is that in New York City yet? It, it's in most markets. Um, I believe we are in New York through partnerships um, right now. So yes, we do have, we have a partnership with Sixth and with Hertz. Those are our two primary partners. Okay. Uh, so, you know, vehicles are available to, to rent through the Lyft app, often with, um, you know, added benefits, free perks, for example, particularly if you're a pink member, that's our membership program through Lyft. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it's an easy way also to sort of simplify the car rental process and you go right to your to your app and, and can book it sometimes same day or well in advance if you want. So Brooke, my, my question around, uh, you know, the now the marketing and communications, it, talk to me about like, is your responsibility now, are you helping with marketing to the consumer like me? Is it to, uh, also to get new drivers. Talk to me about that, that kind of mix. Yeah, good question. All of the above. Um, so my current role right now is really a lot around um, the operation of the team, um, how the team's functioning. Um, we had a new marketing leader, uh, or I should say a new leader who was leading communications at Lyft, uh, Dominic Carr. He took over marketing as well. Um, when he took on marketing, um, he then asked me to, to join and be his chief of staff. So move out of the fleet role that I was doing become chief of staff. Um, but a lot of what we do on a broad basis is um, think through, you know, like I said, acquiring new drivers, new riders, and then also engaging with those riders and drivers who are already, you know, part of our, our ecosystem, if you will. Um, but, you know, encouraging them to ride more and drive more. Um, on the rider side, you know, it's all about talking about new uh, reasons why someone might want to take a ride, right? So if you've taken us to the airport, Hey, did you also know you could take us to run errands? You also could take us to actually to the local, you know, like in, in the East Bay, it's BART, right? So sometimes I take a lift to BART and then I BART into the city, right? So we could be sort of that first last mile connection. Uh, so it's really all about introducing new use cases to continue to um, engage existing existing users. Um, and then on the driver's side, similar, uh, I would say tactics, obviously a bit different in terms of encouraging a driver to drive with us. It's much more of a means of income for them versus a, an experience that we're looking to connect on. 
Rick, a lot of people that watch our show are young marketing professionals. Uh, what are some of the what, what advice do you have for somebody starting out? What are the most important skills you think a marketer needs today? That's a, also a good question. Um, one that we focus on quite a bit at Lyft is thinking customer first. And I think that that's so critical, primarily, and again, this sort of goes back to what we were saying earlier on how the company's gotten bigger, what has changed, right? As things get bigger at a company, you have all sorts of different teams who are communicating with riders and drivers, right? And so it's so critical to remember that in the end, we have to think about the rider's experience with us. It's not about which email goes out on Tuesday, which one hit goes on Wednesday, which one goes on Thursday, right? It's actually much more about, but wait, if I'm a writer and I've gotten all these different messages about different products or different services that Lyft offers, you know, what is that telling me about the company? What is it telling me also about like, how am I feeling about getting this many emails? You know, I think there's a lot to sort of take into account on a broader basis. So sort of remind, remembering, you know, big picture uh, in terms of like what the customer experience is. And also thinking about the customer from the perspective of not so much why did we build this product or how did this product come to life internally, but what could this product do for a customer that we want them to really understand in terms of solving a problem in, in their day-to-day, -day, right? So I think that's one I would really, I always think of thinking customer first. It's one of the first things I ask anyone on my team um, if they bring me a brief. Uh, that's one, one sort of piece that we really emphasize, um, again, both on my team and then I would say more broadly at Lyft. Uh, other skills, I would say, you know, you have to have a genuine curiosity about people. I, I think you really have to think through, you know, what makes someone make a decision? Um, what is it that you think you can say that will encourage someone to consider your product or your brand or your service? Um, and you have to be able to be, uh, what I want to say, take yourself out of the situation and have a genuine curiosity about how other people think as well, right? So who is your target market? Frankly, who isn't your target market and why aren't they your target market? I think understanding those pieces and being curious about what is it that makes people sort of the way they are and decide the things they do would be the other piece. Um, and then, you know, again, goes back to Lyft, I would say, uh, you're just being adaptable. You know, I, I, again, as I've mentioned, I've had many different roles at Lyft. I think one of the biggest piece of advice I give to anyone is, you know, when you see a change, look at it as an opportunity um, and think through how you can adapt your current skill set uh, to that maybe fit a need. Uh, similarly, I would say when it comes to marketing, I think marketers are famous for like, you know, planning campaigns for 12 weeks and then, you know, you get to launch it and <laughs> the day of like something in the universe explodes and your campaign is completely irrelevant. So, you know, how do you also adapt in that, in those kinds of moments? So kind of like bigger picture adaptability, but then also like literally in the moment, thinking through how to be adaptable from a, from a pure work perspective. And Brooke, uh, how do you kind of see Lyft in terms of how it competes with its competitor? It's obviously a very competitive uh, space when it comes to rideshare. Yeah, um, we do. We have one primary competitor. Most folks know them by name, so I won't name them here. Uh, but uh, I will say we have very different strategies. And over the years, it's become very clear, right? Um, we are focused on transportation and we, and we transport people. Right. Um, we want to create the world's best transportation. That's why we focus on growing our network of uh, transportation options. Right. So, again, like I mentioned, all of the work we're doing in fleet, really nascent businesses around sort of your personal car and how that can be an option. 
uh, bikes and scooters as an option, partnerships with transit as an option, rental cars, as we mentioned, another option. So all around though, how do we help you, the, the consumer, the person, get around your city more easily? Um, our competitors do also still do rideshare. They do some of the businesses I mentioned as well, but they've also branched out into thinking through moving things, uh, food, for example, or uh, freight uh, in a different way. Um, and, and because of that, you know, there are, I would say our, our strategies and, and how we think, who, who we connect to more than anything is different, right? And, and you also will see that in the brand itself. Lyft is very much a brand that connects the consumer we talk to you the same way we talk to a friend. Uh, and that's really what we think it through. Our brand is one that uh, that people can relate to, right? As is our service. So I think that's where we try to try to stand apart. Um, that's awesome. We don't talk about competitors here. We don't name any other competitors. I love it. So Brooke, talk to us about some of the changes that you've made or implemented at Lyft that you're really proud of during your career there. Yeah, gosh, uh, changes. Well, I am a big process person. So I probably instituted <laughs> all sorts of processes. Part of the reason why this chief of staff role is actually one that's working out very well. As it turns out, my mind sort of works in a fashion of uh, operating to the greatest efficiency, uh, while also very much understanding the nuances of marketing. Uh, so a lot of that, I mean, from a pure, um, you know, what I was doing when I started and what Lyft looked like till now, um, a lot of my role at the start was around, you know, launching new cities. Um, when I joined Lyft, believe it or not, we were not in every U.S. city, not even every major U.S. city. So a lot of the, the change that I was part of was actually um, launching new markets. So I would go into a market and we would uh, launch the city. We would, we would onboard drivers in person. Imagine that if you can. Um, we would, you know, show up at you know, the local grocery stores and um, anywhere we could to find people to talk to them about what Lyft is and why they might want to try to ride with us. So a lot of really grassroots efforts, I would say, around building the brand and really building the entire Lyft network. Um, you know, now we're obviously all over the U.S., up into Canada. So it's been really fun to be a part of very much uh, physical uh, expansion and then also just the growth of, of the brand and the company, I mean, as you said, you know, oh, you don't know Lyft. Uh, I don't know where you've been <laughs> years ago. I definitely would have to explain what Lyft is to folks. So, No, nice. Yeah, yeah. You don't think about it, like, oh, you just assume it's, oh, it's in every city. What do you mean? But no, it has to get there. I love the grassroots approach. That's yeah. amazing. Just like kind of going out there, talking to people. Oh, I miss that. I miss that. It's coming back. It's coming back, ladies and gentlemen. So uh, that is great. So, Brooke, I know you are a big supporter, uh, you know, advocate of female leadership. And I want to talk to you about, are there any experiences you believe are unique to women in this field? And, and how do you advocate for female leadership? Yeah, I mean, I'm a, obviously a huge advocate of, of female leadership. Um, I think more than anything that I always say the mindset I've tried to use is that if uh, I see an opportunity, uh, I don't think about whether it's an opportunity for a woman or a man <laughs> or me or someone else. Um, I think if it's an opportunity that excites me, I'm going to go after it, right? And so I think often I, uh, I will really encourage women to think less about 
could I, can I be a woman, a woman leader, a female leader? Can I be a woman in power and think more about what is the leader you want to be and, and what type of roles get you excited? And I think if you focus more on what it is you want to do and what you want, who the leader you want to be, you actually worry less about gender and it will sort of naturally fall into place. Um, I will say marketing obviously is a field also where there you do tend to find more females in this industry a bit or in this field more so maybe than others. Um, so it may also be that I've just been fortunate that I've grown up with a community of marketers where I've always seen female leadership. So I just never really questioned it. Um, yeah, I think that's that's the approach I recommend is not to get too hung up on it and think more about the opportunity itself. We're somewhat related to it. Can you talk a little bit about Lyft's effort for social responsibilities? Yeah, um, actually, it's a great day for that. As it turns out, um, we do have a voting access program. So I will say um, it's going to be a bit post <laughs> a bit late now, but we actually have a code out. If you want uh, to go to the polls, you can get 50% off a ride um, on election day. And we've done this for years now. Um, it's really a well-received um really, we see a high uh, take rate also as well um, on these rides. We're excited that people really do take advantage of them. Uh, but that's part of our Lift Up program. So Lift Up is a program all around access, right? How do we give access to um, groups, communities who may need access to rides? Um, and that can be during a specific situation, you know, a, a, a terrible crisis that happens, unfortunately, far too often these days, um, a, a weather situation, right, where someone needs to get out of somewhere quickly, whether it's an evacuation notice or, or something else. Um, and then also for specific uh, cases like today, getting out to vote. We want to make sure that you get out there, that your voice is heard. Uh, and then also a, a, another great program we run is our jobs access program, where we actually help you get to and from interviews. Um, so we will help you go to and from an interview. We'll even help you in the first few weeks of your job, go back and forth to your job as well. So you make sure you get off to a great start. Uh, and we work with awesome partners, um, you know, who help us also facilitate getting these rides and ride codes into the right hands of people who need them the most. Oh, I did not know that about the interviews. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool, right? Uh, speaking of elections, obviously gas prices is a hot button topic. How has that affected Lyft's price model? Yeah, good question. Um, definitely been an issue. I mean, I know anyone who drives their own car feels it as much as our, well, probably less so than our Lyft drivers, but our Lyft drivers really feel it. Um, we have added a surcharge onto every ride. Uh, for any any rider um, who takes a ride is going to pay a little bit more. That's going to go directly to the driver uh, to help offset their their cost of gas. Uh, it's not perfect, right? But it's something uh, at least that sort of you know we want we want to be a partner to our drivers in that. Um, and the other opportunities that we offer, you know, we have a partnership with um, Upside. Upside actually offers discounts on gas. Uh, to our drivers. Um, and we also have other programs as well for our tiered drivers. So those are drivers who drive with us, uh, usually full-time or long-time drivers. Um, we offer, again, like specific uh, discounts um, on products to help them care for their cars, including things like, like gas discounts as well. Yeah, Brooke, uh, just uh, as we, we begin to wrap up here, we have, you know, a couple more questions for you. You know, one of them is, our signature question that we ask all of our guests. I feel like James Lipton, you know, like remember the James Lipton guy? Oh, we ask, so we, yeah, we ask all of our guests this uh, question. So 
LinkedIn platform, you know, your title, a lot of people probably reach out to you, you know, requesting, you know, messaging. What is a LinkedIn message that you dislike? And what is one that you're, you're receptive to? That's a good question. Um, I do get a lot of LinkedIn messages. I will say <laughs> that. Uh, I guess what I'd say first, um, the request to connect on LinkedIn, uh, always send a note. You know, I don't, yeah. I'm always amazed at people who just blindly will send me a request. Uh, even if we have someone in common, um, just send me a note to say that, hey, I wanted to connect with you because I know so-and-so and she thought it would be good if we connect. Great. Um, if I don't know you and you want to connect, just tell me why. I, I mean, that's, mm -hmm. I, I think that's so simple, right? Um, I read them. I do. Right. Cause I, I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm not that big of a deal. I, I, I still read, I still read them I all. Like that. <laughs> um, you know, but the ones you want to connect with are the ones who take the time to write a note and even more so take the time to write a, a thoughtful note, right. As to why they'd like to connect. Uh, and you know, same goes with messages. Um, I don't know. I think I have a, uh, what should I say? I, I have a real aversion to the drip campaigns that appear to be happening in LinkedIn, mm -hmm. um, where I will actually respond and say, I'm not the right person to connect with you, but I can connect with you, connect you to someone else. And then four hours later, I get another note from the same person yeah. <laughs> that says they're bummed. They haven't heard from me. So like, I think those, those start to feel tacky. So I guess I would always say to someone, you're going to be really, uh, heavily tech on your on your uh, drip campaigns, be sure you you check your inbox also so that you don't you know have a funny a funny extra note go out that doesn't make any sense at that point. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I I always get burned by those the connections that I look at. I'm like, I think the rule of thumb is if I have like 50 connections in common and you don't send me a note, I will still connect. Yep. But as soon as you hit me with that first message, seconds later. That's it. I, uh, I've learned how to like remove the connection. Yes. Uh, I take my network very seriously. And, and the people after 125 episodes plus people know my opinion uh, on that because we ask every single guest this. Uh, but that, yeah, I like that. Uh, just include a note. And, and you're really nice, Brooke, because you're, you're saying I will also connect you with the person who is responsible. You're, that, that's, you're, you're, you're nice, but uh, you know, <laughs> don't take this as an opportunity to reach out to Brooke for those yeah. you know, anyway, yeah. that's uh, So Brooke, let's talk about that. that. That's obviously a social media platform, if you will, uh, for business professionals. What, what are some, you know, this is the marketing stir that people want to know. Are there platforms that you, or social channels that you've had success with that you, uh, you know, for Lyft, what do you think the best, you know, means of communication is? Out there. Yeah, we have an awesome social team. Um, one team that I, you know, interact with more so on an admiration basis, I would say more <laughs> than anything. Uh, but they they do a great job across channels. I will say, probably like many marketers, TikTok is like definitely the one that's up and coming. Um, from a Lyft brand perspective, you know, again, we don't take ourselves that seriously, right? Like, like we like to have a good time. We like people to think of us, yes, for, for ride share, for transportation. But at the same time, we also like you to think of us as kind of a fun brand, right? Like, mm -hmm. again, we talk to you like a friend and, you know, most of the time we're having a good time. So TikTok has lent itself well, I would say, to, uh, to sort of, uh, I don't want to say irreverent, but um, funny scenarios that we can 
bring to life, right, on a a channel where people are really engaged with content and ready to laugh, right? Mm -hmm. And so often I think it's how do you make content that's super relatable, also very funny, right? So like, you know, for Halloween, we did a bunch of content around, you know, getting in and out of lift cars with costumes on, right? (laughs) And mainly because it's funny because you watch a bunch of people with crazy costumes getting in and out of cars. Mm -hmm. It's just entertaining, right? But also because it's relatable. You've done that before. You've been in a costume and you've had to get in and out of a car. And it's funny because you're like, God, I remember that same feeling. (laughs) Like, I don't know how to get my, my, you know, jacket or purse, as well as my like large dinosaur, you know, looking ensemble <laughs> out of, out of a car. So um, yeah, yeah no, so TikTok that, is a lot of fun. That is, that's, and that's a surprising one too. A lot of people are like, haven't embraced that yet. You know, when I was, yeah. we were surprised, we, we you know, um, to hear that in a few other brands. I mean, you know, Lyft is a, is, is a, uh, you know, a, a brand that's just come on, like you said, the last 10 years, but we've talked to some brands that have been around for a hundred years that are like, yeah, we, we use TikTok. We're like, really? Right. That's uh, wow. Okay. But it seems to work for them. So yeah. Brooke, tell us about yourself personally. You know, you and I were, were joking before, you know, you're, uh, you know, Northern Californian through and through. through, and through. And what do you yes. like to do in your spare time besides enjoy the amazing weather and the sunlight and, uh, you know, just the wineries, I would imagine are up there too, and all that good yeah. stuff. But tell us about yourself personally. What do you like to do? Yeah, thanks for asking. Um, yes, born uh, born and raised in California, Northern California, stayed here for all schooling as well, as ridiculous as that is. Um, I have a, a rainy day behind me now, but definitely enjoy the sunshine. Uh, we have a golden retriever, so we do spend a lot of time outdoors. Uh, and I have a 15-month-old son who keeps me very busy. Oh, yeah. Yes. So, um, yeah, 15, 15 months. So he is walking, almost running at this Mm -hmm. point, um, talking, getting into everything he can. So that is, um, that is most of my nights, mornings and weekends. Yeah. I know. Early mornings. Yeah. Those those, those early mornings. Like I said, the daylight savings time. So you, uh, you know, I'm sure you could relate to that. I know I have a two and a half year old and a five-year-old uh, yeah, that's awesome. Well, congratulations uh, on the little guy there. And Brooke, this has been amazing. Um, what uh, it, We really enjoyed having you and talking to you and giving your perspective. Check out Lyft, ladies and gentlemen. If you don't have it, go out, download it on your phone. Uh, don't bombard Brooke with messages, please, <laughs> even though she's very nice. But this has been amazing, Brooke. Congrats on the new uh, title and, and position. You're doing some great things there. That is Brooke Papiri, the Chief of Staff for Marketing and Communications at Lyft. I'm Vincent Betrafessa. That's AJ Gupta. This has been another episode of Starista's The Marketing Stir. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to The Marketing Stir podcast by Starista. Please like, rate, and subscribe. If you're interested in being a guest on the podcast, please email us at themarketingstir at starista.com. And thanks for listening.